We're on there. What's up, social media? Uh, Facebook, Anchor. This meeting YouTube, is being recorded. And everybody else. That's uh, a nice new Chip. thing from this Zoom. Is, uh, the Edge podcast with Chip and Christy. And it's another great Tuesday afternoon. It's nasty here in Waco, Texas. I don't know where all you are. Hopefully it's not raining and ugly where you are right now. But uh, today we wanted to come talk to you again about business. Just like every week, we want to talk about business education, business networking, uh, just everything that involves being an entrepreneur, because that's what the Edge Biz is about, is empowering, uh, developing, growing, and educating entrepreneurs, especially local business owners. Um, Christy, go ahead and uh, tell us what we're talking about today, what we're getting into, and what will be the topic. So last week we talked to you guys about prospecting and uh, how to get people to start the sales process for you. But Chip and I got together and we said, you know what? We mentioned target market. We mentioned niche market several times. Let's rewind a little bit with this podcast and let's go back to how to find that target market for your business to get from that red feeding frenzy kind of ocean to get over to the blue ocean where you've got your niche that nobody's really fighting you for those customers where it makes your competition irrelevant. Let's go to the first thing that you really have to do to find those customers and it's to find your target market. And the thing about it is, is most businesses could be in business two, five, 10, 20 years and still not know who their target market is. I, I've helped many people start their businesses and they'll go, hey Christy, where do I market? Where do I advertise? Uh, and I'll go, like, what's your target market? And they go, well, I really don't know what my target market is. And they might not have all those kind of analytics that we're going to get into here in a minute. So the first question you have to ask yourself is, with your business, what problem does it solve? What is your customer laying in bed at night worrying about? Are you that dentist in Plano, Texas that's selling um, uh, braces? Mm -hmm. uh, an orthodontist? Uh, what your people are in bed worrying about? It's mom and dad. It's not the kid, by the way. They yeah. are worried about their kids' braces and their smile being pretty. Yeah. So that's what they're worried about. Now you know, okay, people are worried about their teeth. 14-year-old girls can't pay for it. We need to get to their parents. Are you going to get to the parents that are don't have the funding? Probably not. So you want to go to people that have the money to pay for the braces or the insurance to pay for the braces. You don't want to go to people that can't afford you uh, in the target market because then you'll be out of business. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing we're talking about today in a nutshell, Chip. Yeah, so how to find your target market. Um, and that is, it's something that people will. They'll run businesses for five to 10 years. And when you ask them who their target market is, they'll still tell you that it's anybody breathing. Anybody you know, with a um, pulse. Yeah, that, they, that, that everybody can use their product, which they're not wrong. If, in some cases, that might be the fact that everybody could use what they have, like energy, right? Everybody, you know, needs electricity and power. 
<clears throat> but the fact of the matter is, is if you actually break down that business that's been around for five to 10 years, there will be common denominators in almost all of the clients and customers that they have. There will be a way to actually pinpoint where these people are in the city or area you're in, what they're doing, um, because chances are you're actually going after homeowners, um, you know, and people that aren't, aren't renting and stuff like that. But you might not have noticed that as a business owner yet. You might not have actually ever focused on your target market. And now after COVID, you might be feeling the effects of being hit because I've, I've seen it so many times. I, I've just talked to a pressure washing company the other day that has been more than content with business for the last 20 years in their area, right? Uh-huh. And they lost a huge contract that cut, cut them in half, yes. cut them at the knees. And they're having to completely revamp and look at how to market when they haven't had to do it in 15 years. Yep. They haven't had to market because they've had their consistent client base stay the same. Yeah. So now they, I, and then I asked, what's the target market? And, and it took us a minute to get to it, but we figured it out. You know, we figured out that it's, that they, they want the contracts with the bigger businesses. They don't want to wash every little house with their pressure washer. They're used to the big, you know, so, but you got to figure that out or you're going to be out there washing all the houses and doing the jobs you don't want to do because you haven't focused your marketing yes. on what you want to sell. Yeah, I think the biggest mix, misconception when you bring up a niche market or a target market is that people are like, well, my product can go to anyone with a pulse, right? So they'll think, well, if I get a target market, it only goes to one type of criteria, right? That's not what a target market is. You market towards who 80% of your income comes from. And then the rest fall in. When I started my handyman business, I believed the problem I was solving was taking care of those honeydews around the house for somebody that doesn't have a honey. So all, we thought our target market was going to be elderly and single women. But we found out pretty quickly with our prices, they couldn't pay that. So we had to pivot our marketing, maybe a year or two in, we kind of fumbled around. And when we pivoted our marketing, our sales went through the roof. We still got those little old ladies. We still got the single women. Mm-hmm. But we got those customers that we wanted, those people that had the money to pay for the services that also needed the work done. So when you tweak it to your target market, you can still get out to people that have a pulse that might not be your target market. But one thing that people do is they throw all this money out the window and they don't know who their target market is. And you and I, even though we have successful businesses, can't compete with a Walmart or an Amazon or a Starbucks. We have to know who we're going after and make those dollars count instead of just throwing our cash out the window. Yeah, make every marketing dollar count. And the truth is, your target market is still connected to the rest of those people that are trickling in. You know, there's Mm -hmm. everybody, the word of mouth falls into place once you get out there and start doing the jobs, but it's getting connected and finding, you have to work your way to that. A lot of people 
um, also have the misconception that you that you basically just need to be knocking down doors and word of mouth is the only way to do it. Now, you know, the old school perception on business yeah. when everything shifted and changed so much now, it's all, you know, if you really want to put the focus on your target market, the internet's where it's at. Uh, because Chrissy even already mentioned it, I believe, but Google analytics mm-hmm. um, and that, and they give that to you. Yeah, uh, I use different software as a digital marketer. I have software that I trust more than Google Analytics, but it's out there. Yeah, Uh, there is definitely platforms to find exactly how people are searching for your business, and there's and then you start you know you start targeting that audience. Um, But they and Facebook has its own analytics system. Uh, It's all it's all set up for you to be able to optimize your business on their platform. Uh, they they wouldn't have used a platform for that if, if it wasn't. They want you to succeed on their platform because that just gives them another gold star, you know, another thumb, thumbs up. Definitely. So they're, they're always going to like that. But you, you can find your target market easier nowadays than you ever could. You ever can. could. You know what, five years ago? Yeah. Maybe. So before Google Analytics come out, and I don't know that I knew how to read it, you know, eight years ago when I started my business, but uh, what we did was we looked at our current customer list and we found where 80% of our income was coming from. We also looked at those pain in the butt customers that were the hardest to pay, the most difficult to deal with, um, the ones that changed their minds the most, and we thought, we don't want them anymore. We we want those customers that can pay freely, that want to beautify their homes, that want to use our company, that want uh, something more. I don't want to have to deal with, you know, a $50 complaining customer all the time. So we looked at our current customer base. We saw those zip codes, for lack of better terms, back in the day, and we saw where those ideal customers were coming from that were bringing in 80% of our income. And that's where we started going after. So we looked at our current customer base after six months or a year, and we saw who our target market was. Those little old ladies that lived, you know, in the Waco, Texas area, weren't necessarily the ones that we wanted to do. I remember we had this one lady, Chip. She lived in Spiegelville, Texas. We called her Grumpy. She's passed on since now, or since then. She would call Max, and it was back when Max used to work a full-time job. And uh, we would go and swap out her propane tank, because that's what he did, her RV, about once a week. And she'd pay him $50 every time it'd take about an hour. But she was the biggest pain in the butt to deal with. Her name was Grumpy. That's what we named her. And we thought, we don't want a hundred Grumpies. We want a hundred of our target market that they're going to hire us to be at their house for two, three, four days at a time. So look at your current customer list and see where 80% of your income is. And then think about who you want your ideal customer to be. As I look around my office, I'm looking and I have Mike and Holly on the wall. Mike and Holly are actually the ideal customers that I want. I know 
where they live. I know how much they make. I know what their house looks like. A house built in the 1990s. They need to have some upgrades to it. I know where they work. I know how many kids that they have. I know their zip code that they live in. I took it a step further to find my target market. And you know what happens? This beautiful thing happens. When you send it out there, the universe goes, okay here it is and that's who they send to us now we know where they spend their time we know what they're doing with their extra income they have expendable income they're not living paycheck to paycheck so when you know these things about your customer and that's what you ask for as your customer that's what the world universe god whatever it is you're going to believe in delivers to you so it's beautiful when you get this target market. You don't get all these tire kickers. That's another thing COVID did was got rid of the tire kickers. And it helps you to build your business with the 80% of people that bring in the most income. Yeah, that's uh, putting your focus on your target market. It, it, well, for one, I jumped into, um, you know, my digital marketing is business to business. Uh, so I sell to other businesses and I jumped in basically saying, if you run a business, I can help you. And it was the same thing as having a product and saying, if you have a pulse, I can sell to you. Yeah. And it took me a good three to four months of just, I don't even know a good, just broad marketing, I uh -huh. guess would be like a good term for it, but just not putting any focus into it. Just um, check out all these different 30 services I do uh -huh. <laughs> and um, how I can do them. <clears throat> and here's how much they cost. And uh, it took me forever just spinning the wheels and, and Tyann meeting people like Christy, talking to these other business owners and, and revamping my, my target market and my focus and narrowing it all down to very specific stuff, just like Christy's talking about. I mean, uh, having, you know, what'd you say, Mike and Holly or something? Yeah, Mike like and having, Holly. Yeah, having the, the two preferred customers up on your wall every day to remember that that's what your goal is, that that's what you're going for. Um, that is, that's the law of attraction, uh, you know, just yeah. like you talked about the, the law of motion the other day, I believe, uh -huh. or, uh, momentum, uh, momentum. Yeah. The law of momentum. But yeah, it's the same difference. So you, when you constantly think about something, whether it's negative or positive, that thing ends up happening, um, regardless, you know, it doesn't matter what you're thinking about, you know, if you're saying you do or don't want it, it's still going to pop up because you just thought it into existence. But this is the same thing when you put focus into your business to the to the point of knowing which zip codes, which last names, which families, which people you really need to be selling to. Once you once you figure all that out, the rest does just fall in place. The sales fall in place. Um, you know where to put yourself, you know, literally in town. You can start yeah. hanging out at the right places. You can just start inserting yourself into those lives and and growing your business the way you picture it, the way you want it. Because there's plenty of people out there that are independent entrepreneurs that want the old ladies that pay the 50 bucks a week to, to change out their propane, that yeah. want 10 of those yeah. a week. And, that, and they would be perfectly content with that. And they'll hustle and they'll get that if that's their focus. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, there's people that'll take that, that want those jobs and those jobs are always there. So there's plenty of businesses that know that they can handle that and they can handle it on like a scaling level, just have a bunch of little employees and stuff. But it's it's crazy what businesses do once they put their focus onto their actual target market, target market, not just the world. 
Yeah. Uh, or anybody can get what I have. Yeah, and in the beginning of business, uh, when we started our handyman business, we kind of mass marketed like you do. We didn't know really who we were going after. We didn't even know there was different kinds of customers or markets or any of that kind of stuff back then. And so we did mass marketing too. The problem with mass marketing, mass marketing I'm talking about postcards, mailers, telemarketing, cold calls, um, TV, radio, where everybody's watching, right? That's the mass marketing. That's undifferentiated marketing where you're throwing a net out and you're taking whatever you can catch. Your return on that is only about one or two percent. If you're lucky, one or two percent. Yeah. Whereas with that concentrated kind of marketing, that target marketing, it makes your dollar as a new entrepreneur and business owner go so much further than just throwing that wide net out there. I remember when I started, I thought TV was the way to go, radio was the way to go, billboards were the way to go. And I learned a lot from those people when I was marketing, but I was throwing that net out there and only getting one or two. I did TV marketing the first year, or the first or second year, and I think it helped with you know name recognition, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I would ask every person that would call in back then, how'd you hear about our business? And they'd say, not TV, radio, newspaper, magazine, not that. Like it was totally different. So this mass kind of marketing with the one to two percent return, that's great for big dogs that have deep pockets. It is not good for a small business owner who needs to make every dollar count. Every dollar I send out, I needed to bring me $32 back. Every dollar I'd send out in this mass marketing, it would take a hundred to bring just a few back. So I learned through the stupid tax that I needed to have a target market and to be where my customers are, which mine are online, like you said earlier. Mine are on Google. They're on different forms of social media. So you have to define your target market and know how to go after them and reel them in and instead of just throwing that net out there and getting hardly anything. So we had to analyze our customer base um, and our products and services. And like you said, you had 30 different services when you started your business. We had 30 different services too. We were pet sitters and home cleaners and organizers and power washers and painters and all that. I can't keep up with all that stuff. Like, so now I have a handful of services that I offer uh, and I know each of those is a different target market and I have to know how to get to those people to stay in business in 2021. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's like, um, it's like having a website, right? You buy a website or you put a website up online and whatever it does initially, it puts you, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily make it to page one, right? When you go up. Yeah. And you get the home advisor calls, you get the, you know, the, all the other marketers, like, you know, like me reaching out to you and saying, Hey, would you like to be on page one? 
uh, that's that's basically like throwing the net out there on the wide, yeah. you know, and coming back with nothing. But then when you get it to page one, that's that target. That's the that's the, your, your exact target market. If you're on page one for your the correct keywords in your niche, when they call you, it's a complete different ballgame. They're calling for you specifically. They ask for you by name. It's a completely different game than um, getting a watered down lead that's given to five different people, and you're gonna and you know you're gonna be underbid by at least two of them. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to do the job correctly and bid it correctly, uh, so it's but that's the difference between you know the wide net and then the the narrowed focus. Yeah, I mean another thing that you need to do is figure out the demographics that you want to target. Um, like we were talking the zip code, we want to know where the kids go to school, we want to know where they work, we want to know how much income they make. Like, but Christy, I'm just getting started in business. Well, you can actually Google this stuff. You can find your target market and model after a big dog that's in your category. So if I was opening a Starbucks, I would do everything in my power to find out who the target market of Starbucks is. I would watch all their videos. I would go to YouTube. I would go to Facebook. I would go to their website. I would start scouring through it. Is it college students? I know Starbucks gets a lot of different people, but they have a target market. They don't go after tea drinkers like me. They go after the coffee drinkers. Originally, it was for people to have a place to go between home and work or work and home that wasn't a bar. And that's why Starbucks has the iced coffee and the frappuccinos and all that kind of good stuff is because they wanted to be that place where people could go. Now it has expanded since that time, but they knew who their target market was. They're not going after soda drinkers. That's why you can't get a soda in a Starbucks, right? So they knew who their target market was and they went after them. And they're not going after poor people, or they weren't in the beginning, because their coffees are four, five, six bucks, right? So they're going after people that have expendable income, the middle class and above. So they're not putting Starbucks in areas where poverty is prevalent, right? For lack of better words, Chip, I know not socially. No, but I mean, they're not putting it in the the, the lower income housing no. areas. No. So they have to go after people that can afford what their product or service is. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing you have to think of as you're running your business is, um, Am I going to the right places? I remember when I was a furniture salesman in Nevada, Missouri. This was a long, long time ago. Maybe before you were born, Chip. I don't know. (laughs) I was a kid. I was 19 years old. I was a furniture salesman. And I wanted to go where people were at home during the day because I didn't want to go prospect after dark. So I would go to the low income areas as a furniture salesman. Now you would think that's not very smart as a furniture salesman, but I was selling furniture on credit. This is when credit was huge before, you know, 2000 hit and 2008. It's when everybody could get credit. And so I would go and sell high end furniture on credit because they had a monthly check. And uh, 
they would purchase from me during the day. And I was one of the top salesmen in the company for that uh, because I thought, where are people during? It was because I was lazy and didn't want to work at night. Didn't know it. <laughs> but yeah. um, that was the beginnings of me looking for a target market. It's just I wanted to get people that were at home and had income and that's where they were in Nevada, Missouri. So um, I went after them. And of course, I got people that walked in the door and I got other kind of housing developments. But um, that was my first kind of target market research. Instead of sending out postcards and stuff, it was me back in the day when you go and knock on a people's door. Um, that's how I got to my first target market because I was lazy. It won't work a lot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but it's true. I was thinking, I was sitting here thinking earlier, because Waco, tech, Waco, and here in Waco, we've had so many big name restaurants just come and go. Yeah. Uh, right? And these are big name restaurants that are still making it in other cities uh, that are franchised cream. across yeah. the United States. And Waco's real hit or miss, man. Since, a ki since I was a kid, I've always watched these restaurants come and go and hear like my parents talk about how it's just so random what sticks in Waco when it comes to restaurants. Um, and I think it's, I, I, you know, the older I get, the more I get into business, I ultimately think it's just these people didn't target Waco when they got here. Yeah. I think they didn't actually realize their target market. They probably didn't put green and gold on the building and pump Baylor up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they probably didn't. And I don't know, I was a kid, but I'm just saying that it's, you can have a great business if you don't know your target market or the audience in the area that you're moving into. Uh, you, you could you could easily be in trouble even with a great business platform. Yeah, I mean, Krispy Kreme, they give away free yeah. donuts, right? They didn't make it in Waco, Texas. Like, Krispy nope. Kreme, the best donuts in the world, didn't make it in Waco. Number one, they don't market. And we drive. We drive to Austin to get Krispy Kreme yeah. as Wacoans. We've always done it, and it still didn't make it here. It didn't make it. And it could be, you know, that they didn't put the green and gold on. It could be that they didn't do this or they didn't do that. But Waco, Texas is actually one of the toughest markets in the world. Rainbow vacuums. Do you remember those vacuums when you were a kid that had the water mm -hmm. in the bottom and you put the smelly... Yep. My parents bought one. And I remember interviewing a salesman for Rainbow for my handyman business as we were franchising back in the day. And he told me that in um, it was Michigan where they were headquartered out of. They would actually say, okay, you're going to be a door-to-door -door salesman. We're going to send you to Waco, Texas back in the 70s. Wow. So other places recognized Waco was one of the toughest markets to sell in. They would send their door-to-door -door salesman to Waco, Texas to sell these rainbow vacuums. They either got ate up or... They they flourished in Waco. And the ones that flourished stayed with Rainbow. So they knew that it was a hard, hard market in Waco. You either make it or you don't there. And so they would send them down here because this is where there's their target market. It's the people that's at home, right? So then they'd go back and they'd either make it or they wouldn't make it. So it's so important as a business owner to know your target market and also test it. See if you're right or not. Because like me, old ladies 
and single moms, I thought it was them. If I would still been doing that, I'd be beating my head against the wall. The thing mm -hmm. is, is with your target market, you try it out. And if it doesn't work, you try something else. Even if it doesn't work, you try something different. And if it doesn't work, you try something different. And also as your target market ages, kind of like a church, you've got to get the younger crowd in. So you can't just let your church members die off and not refill the church. You've always got to constantly be trying to bring youth in to the church for it to be sustainable, sustainable over the years. You have to do that in business. In the last eight years in my handyman business, I've seen my business age up twice and go into two different generations already in just eight hmm. years. So I have to be aware of this in the life cycle of my business so that I can change it because my target market was me in the beginning, but now my kids are all graduating this week, right? My husband's going to have time to do the honeydews now. I'm not yep. going to have to hire somebody out. So that's what your target market can change. So if you're targeting millennials for diaper sales right now, it's going to age up. And you're going to be Generation Y pretty soon if it's not already Generation Y. Does that make sense? I kind of went on a tangent there, Chip. Uh, you did, but it did make sense. Though. Okay. I got okay. it. I, it totally made sense because it's just a, it's an important thing to know. And it's very easy to kind of pass over as, um, now don't get me wrong, there's specific niches that are, well, there's niches that are so specific that that it's almost hard not to know your target market, right? Yes. Uh, because it's made for a specific target market. But when it comes to general services, um, you know, and that means usually local businesses, um, like services or even like products that are just now coming off the ground uh, and trying to get out there to sell to everybody. It's, it's, it's better to find a, a, a very slim focus, very narrowed focus. And then from there, it'll just naturally grow. Uh, it'll, yeah. You'll start, you'll start catching on. Like Christy said, after eight years, she sees that generational gap and now she can adapt and learn how to start grabbing these younger people, you know, as the years go. And then you just kind of keep cycling it and keep, keep doing the same thing. Yeah. And another thing you mentioned earlier about the power washing business, um, you can have the same exact business, a power washing business that they focus on commercial clients. Focusing on residential clients for a power washing business, that would be a different target market and a different mm -hmm. marketing strategy than the commercial power washer. Completely different approach. Yeah. Totally different. Business to business, residential, person to person. Totally different businesses. Kind of like the cleaning business. You could have commercial or you could have residential. You can also have apartment cleaners or you could have people that clean million dollar houses two totally different businesses two totally different target markets you can make a ton of money at both but if you're in a power washing business that you want to do commercial and you're marketing to somebody like me and you 
you're going to be miserable. If you want those big accounts, you're going to have to go after Walgreens. You're going to have to go after the Taco Bell. You're going to have to go yeah. after the Sam's Club instead of people like us. You want the big contracts that it's that residual kind of income and the bigger checks that somebody like me with a small business is going to write. For sure. And it's, um, it's kind of like you were just, you just made me think of something though too, because just because you see someone else that's like really good at marketing that might be selling a different service, you know, you don't have, you don't want to mimic that just because they're really good at marketing. If they're selling something different than you don't mimic their mimic the people that are doing it in your niche. Um, yeah. The people mimic the people that are successfully doing it in your niche, not the marketer that you want to be like that's do, that's selling something different than what you are, or you're going to end up accidentally pitching his target market because that's what he's pitching or she or whoever the business itself. Um, you have to find yours, and that's and every business is different. Uh, hit t- three different hit, put line up three different handyman businesses. And I can guarantee you not one of those three are going to have the same target market. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll each have a different, a more narrowed focus on specific things. Uh, one might just be a bunch of drywall repair. One might focus on nothing but paint and paint jobs. One might focus on nothing but decks. They all three could probably make a lot of money together if they connected. Yeah. That's a different podcast when we talk about um, the mindset of abundance over the yeah. mindset of scarcity. But it's still the same thing when it comes to target market because you have to, you have to understand that their target market is might not be yours, even if it is the same niche. That's why you have to dig deep, focus, and see what you want and know what you want to at first. Yeah, you have to know what kind of clients that you want to deal with before you can really figure out what your target market is. I know I don't want to deal with commercial because I've got to get to the decision maker. Um, whereas residential, I can get to the decision maker pretty simply, whereas I have to go through a gatekeeper or two or three with the big commercial. So, but somebody might be really, really good at that in the handyman business. So you really have to look at it from a couple of different ways, uh, for your target market. You have to really evaluate what you want in your business and evaluate your decisions of who you want to go after, whatever your business is. Like you can't be a person that builds and makes these beautiful dog houses, right? And then sit there hanging out with cat people. Just doesn't work, right? You've got to go after dog people. You've got to go after people that will spend money for, you know, if you're building a $1,000 dog house for a $1,000 dog house, right? So you have to be really mindful of what it is that you're selling to be able to figure out what that target market is and then take action, most important thing, to go after that target market. Yes. And, and you know what? Actually looking into your target market is an action you need to take anyways. Yeah. So that's something that everybody needs to do as business owners. A fun little website to go and see what people that, like think of the big dogs in your business. Um, I remember in the beginning, I would go after people that watched Fixer Upper and they, they loved Magnolia. So I went to this thing called SimilarWeb.com. And I saw everywhere that they advertised. Also on SimilarWeb.com, it tells me who Magnolia's 
target market was at the time, who the big dogs in the handyman industry were that I knew were at the time, I looked them all up. I gathered this information and I thought, okay, this is who I wanna go after. But this similar web.com is pretty amazing because I can use the resources and the funding of big businesses that have deep pockets to give me knowledge to be able to get to my target market a little bit easier. Yeah, for sure. And there's a bunch of different ones. There the is. SpyFu, um, SEM Rush, AROFs, Majestic. There's there's tons of other ways to find out. Well, Majestic's not really for that, but but SpyFu is great to look at. It's the same thing like what you're talking about. And it's uh, but those are great platforms. There's tons of ways to look into other people's other like competitors' websites, what they're ranking for. Also, what they're spending money, what keywords they're paying for, you know, because those are the ones, obviously, that you probably want to pay for, you know. It also tells where they market. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. for that kind of mass marketing, but that concentrated niche marketing. So instead of having to put out hundreds of thousands of dollars to get to my target market, big dogs in the business have already done that and I can utilize their knowledge and it cost me nothing. Of course you can pay for similar web or you can just go look one or two or three up a day, I think it is, and you can find out where they're at. So it's so powerful for me as somebody that has to get out to my target market that needs to prospect, that needs to market, that needs to sell to people instead of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, years of time, tons of market research, it's all right there, all mixed up on similarweb.com or similar platforms, and I can model after what they're doing. Do not copy, but you can model the color, you can model the font, you can model what they're what that is that they're selling, how they sell it to their customer because they've spent all this money all this time and you can utilize and model after them. Do not copy though, always model, mimic, yeah. whatever word it is you want to say. Yeah. But when you yeah. do that, it is so powerful and your stuff's way put together. It takes those decades and puts them into days for you. Yep. And it takes that $100,000 and narrows it down to about five. Yeah. So, you know, just a little and time. Just like in retrospect. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. You spend yeah. $12.95 on Canva to bump up to the pro. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And you got it. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Uh, Christy, uh, is there anything else about target market that we've missed? I know uh, kind of wrapping up now is close to the end. So uh, did we miss anything? No, I think we went over all of it. Um, just really look at what is your problem that you're solving and think about what does my customer, what does my client lie in bed at night worrying about? And when you can answer that question, it starts kind of unraveling your target market and you know exactly who to go after. Kind of like Edge, me and you know who we're going after, who needs the educational component that we have with Edge that no other kind of marketing group has out there. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Edge biz is super focused on the entrepreneur and uh, we're trying to educate them in order to 
avoid the mistakes that are made by 90% of entrepreneurs within the first one to five years uh, exactly. because because entrepreneurs just naturally are closed-lipped. Uh, they want to keep their secrets tight. Uh, for some reason, they're way better than everybody else's. You know, And you know what? Most of ours are way better than everybody else's. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But the truth is, is the edge wants to focus on being open about these failures so we can ha- help everybody else avoid the failures that we've made, that other people make consistently, daily, and yearly. Uh, that's one of the biggest reasons that I love it because we get to focus on those things that you don't see anybody else focusing on. It's all success story after success story. And you sit there and grit your teeth and go, yeah, can you tell me how, like how many times you messed up before you got there? Can we know the truth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one thing Chip and I have talked about is we went to all these networking meetings and, um, I remember the conversation in the back of the networking meetings being like, well, I can't afford a Mary Kay lipstick this week. Like if you're in those kind of meetings to make more money and you're not making more money, why are you in those meetings, right? So when we developed Edge for entrepreneurs and people that are starting their businesses, we wanted them to be able to take away from our podcast, from our lives, from our meetings, how they could go and make money almost immediately. And I remember hearing from the very first week, somebody closing thousands of dollars of business because of a referral that they received on social media. I mean, we want people to make more money with Edge. And that's what we really focus on is giving people the skills, the mindset to make more money, getting out of your own flipping way. Yeah, getting out of your own way, man. That's that's really everybody's issue, but I yeah. focus on that a lot because I constantly get in my own way. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> well, Christy, man, this has been another amazing week with the Edge Podcast with Chip and Christy. Uh, thanks again for having us and listening. If you're listening on social media, Anchor, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, we love you guys and y'all stay safe. Uh, Christy, let's sign off, man. Bye, guys. Have an amazing week. The recording.